Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. This week, whilst Key tackles some pipe and porcelain, we are enjoying a We're Listening Halloween special where I'm joined by We're Listening favourites and Frasier fan club admins, Steve Mutum and John Beale, to discuss Halloween, Frasier and all things in between. Steve, John, how are you both? I'm good, thanks, Will. I mean, I've been waiting to say this for nearly 24 hours, but I wanted to say trick or treat, or should I say pip pip? <laughs> I could see you chomping at the bit in the background to get that I've in. I've been desperate to say that for at least a day. <laughs> John, how are you? Any reply to that? <laughs> I'm, I'm good, and I would say just called me fumbles with crab puffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolute pleasure to have you both on. This is the first kind of special that we've done where we've had two members of the Fraser community on to kind of talk all things Fraser, and I'm sure there'll be many tangents as well um we're going to try and keep things halloween themed keep them fraser themed i'm sure we'll, we'll kind of go down different paths as the uh, as the night unfolds first question i've got for both of you really simple one do you think fraser as a show did enough halloween episodes because if we're right in our count there's three there's a lot more christmas episodes do you think there should have been more open question I, I definitely think so. I, I was mm. surprised that there were only three. And then I kind of sat down and thought about it a little bit and said, you know what? There really are only three. It's yeah. It seems quite glaring compared to how many Christmas episodes there are, which other than like a couple of seasons, they're pretty much good for one a season, aren't they? There's about seven or eight, I think. For mm-hmm. me with the Halloween episodes, it's strange. I think the first one's in season five, is it not? Which is Halloween. Yes. And are they season eight and nine after that? Or is it nine and ten? Nine and ten. Nine and ten. Yeah. Very late on in the run to start going, we need some more Halloween episodes. It's really patchy, yeah. Yeah. Just very out of sync with each other to have them sort of that sporadic rather than I think the Christmas ones are a little bit more sort of regular throughout the 11 seasons. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can speak to this a little bit more, John, being, you know, a resident American. Obviously, Halloween is definitely a bigger holiday, you know, tradition, whatever you you call it over there, compared to here. And I, I love that. Like, I wish it was bigger in the UK, personally, because I just think it's a really interesting season. Um, do you think that the fact they waited five seasons, you know, why why do you think that is? Why do you think they, they didn't maybe have one early? I don't know. Just... I don't know. I, I'm not really sure. I, I thought maybe, uh, I mean, if you notice the first one is a farce and yes. they, they used it as a, as a mechanism to talk about uh, Roz being pregnant, basically. Yeah, so they had yeah. to have this sort of farce set up so they could be this big misunderstanding about that. So maybe they were waiting for some kind of a, a pivotal uh, moment in the, the story arc of the different characters' lives in order to have a farce. Then they said, well, you know, it's going to be over a holiday and it's Halloween. But I mean, I don't even know why they waited another four years before they did another one. Mm. It seems really strange. I mean, Steve, you're you're British like me. What are your thoughts on, on Halloween? Do you have the same kind of that feeling you get when you watch like a, a holiday special of a show you love when you watch a Halloween I mean, special? For me, I, I, it is disappointing that Fraser didn't make more. And I feel mm. like the show could have done more. Um, I think, is it the last one, which is Tales from the Crypt? Yeah. They put the pumpkin on the opening credits. Why Why wait until that one? The first one's called Halloween. Why are you not using the pumpkin there? I think it's balloons or something silly like that, which balloons, yeah. Is me. it balloons? Yeah. It is, yeah. I, I feel like the pumpkin, pumpkin was used on Room Full of Heroes as well. Um, I think it's just used on those two. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, th- I think for Room Full of Heroes, is that, no, that's not. I'm thinking... Um, the balloons, the only thing that ties the balloon is in Tales for the Crypt that he's got the balloon car joke. 
Uh, yeah, practical joke on Bulldog, but I'm pretty sure that's the only one that's got a pumpkin at the start, which is just strange to me. Yeah, like, we we do love a good discussion that. of a Fraser animation on that. Well, <laughs> we well. weren't gonna, I wasn't going to bring it up. Me and John discussed this. Oh, no, you got to bring, bring it up, that up. It is the pumpkin theme. Yeah. Um, I mean, going on to other sitcoms, obviously, you've got things like I, I'm a big fan of that 70s show. Yeah. When they did a Halloween one, they actually get the theme tune and it's got almost a Munster's theme. They've used, really? yeah, it's not the normal theme tune at all. They're singing over it, but it's all sort of harpsichord and, a, it, it, you know, totally sort of Victorian style music of a real Halloween theme. Mm. Frasier kept the original theme and I thought you could have done more with this. You really could have given a more of a Halloween opening to a Halloween theme. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think like the they organ would... music they use in like ham radio as well in the background. Yeah. Like, there's clearly like the sounds are there in the background. You know, production wise, they could have added some kind of cool bossa yeah, nova have... meets and, Halloween thing. And going back to Tales from the Crypt, it's the only one that has lightning strikes on the. I think it's one of the credit cards. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, but not in Halloween. And again, why have you not used this? Why have you not created a more spooky? Hmm. Halloween theme and most of these aired like one day before Halloween they were the 30th of October a lot of them so it was a prime prime place that they could have really put that out there and didn't do it yeah well, maybe Halloween just wasn't as big of a holiday um, in Ca California back in the 90s I mean it's, it's kind of always been a big holiday in this part of the country hmm. um, but I think that might have something to do with like the the past of the witch trials and and so yeah, the kind of New England roots, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's always it's always been a big production, and people going to like Salem, Massachusetts, from all around the Boston area and the New England area, just sort of descending on that for the whole month of October. And I mean, people have been putting up decorations, and I mean, it, it's kind of a big holiday here. But I can't really speak for the rest of the country. Maybe back then it wasn't so much, and maybe it is more so now. And who knows? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, do you do you two have a favorite of the three Fraser Halloween episodes? I, I have one, but I'm not going to cast my vote until I've heard. I would love it if we each picked a different one, but I don't think we're going to get such lovely symmetry. I don't know, Steve. What's yours? Do you know what? I think I'd have to go with Halloween purely mm. because I think the costumes are great. I think the performance and and as we spoke when I uh, last appeared on the podcast, mm -hmm. um, we spoke about my love of the farcical scenes and the farcical episode. This one's not a Joe Keenan, which is surprising, actually. I can't remember who the writer is. Um, it does have a Keenan feel to it, doesn't it? But yeah, you think yeah. the uh, all the sort of... Double entendres with the with the uh, mistaken things with da uh, Daphne and the the sexual innuendos that are used mm. in that. You'd think that would be a Keenan episode, and it's not. I think it's written by a woman. Actually, I might have to look it up in a second who it's actually written by. Um, but yeah, I think hands down, Halloween's my favourite there, definitely one hundred percent. So, what about you, John? I was also going to pick Halloween. Ah, oh, ruined it, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say. Uh, that tales from the crypt is a very good episode um I, I wouldn't i wouldn't think that that's much of a compromise to pick that one but i, I would put that one in second place mm -hmm. of the three 
Sorry, I've just had a little delivery of chocolate shortbread here that I'm munching on, which <laughs> kind of feels like in keeping with the Halloween theme. Um, at least I can't believe I'm going to say this. I also had Halloween. So uh, I was bemoaning the fact there wouldn't be any symmetry, but the kind of house theme all through was picking the same one. Um, I mean, Room Full of Heroes kind of gets, I don't want to say a bad, a bad rap, because it definitely doesn't, but a lot of people have a, a bit of a problem with, you know, the famous conflict between Nas and Martin. How do you two respond to that in terms of, as a Halloween episode, as a kind of Frasier conflict or a, you know, a tension in, in the, in the story of the show. Um, Cause it's uncomfortable for me to watch, but I guess acting wise, it is quite compelling. I, I never quite know which side of the, of the fence I fall on. I think personally, the conflict between Niles and Martin is awkward. I actually mm. cringe every time that the fact that Niles starts off the evening with, I want to pay tribute to my dad. Yeah. And then, turns into an absolute arse halfway through. Um, Do we blame the Ballantyne? That's the question. Well, actually, do you know what? Watching that episode earlier, it's not Ballantyne cans. It's not Ballantyne. Is it not? I know. <laughs> yeah, I thought of that as well. What what beer is he drinking? Do we know? It's I mean, do we, we want to ruin it before? Do we dare ruin this for Key in the future if we've seen it? Because he might have to have this as a question in the future. <laughs> he will he will forget by then. A few years <laughs> away, but he'll, he'll know. No, I will that. also forget, so... Um, but yeah, no, I, I couldn't pick up the name on it, but it wasn't Valentine in the cans. That's so, very um, interesting. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a red can. Mm. Yeah, very strange. So, what about you, John? How do you kind of respond to that kind of Niles Martin conflict? Well, that is awkward. But then what's also awkward in that episode is Frazier's behavior for like almost the entire episode. Yeah. He is just, just kind of grating. Uh, he's... <laughs> You know, and then after the the Martin and Niles blow up, um, then Frazier interjecting um, like, oh, well, that's why I didn't dress up like you, Dad. I hate that so much. It's just so, so childish. <laughs> so childish. And, like, and then like, part, people would be like, well, that's the point because Niles and Frazier ultimately regress to their like childhood infantile state when it comes to vying for Martin. But I'm like, it just doesn't scan in that scene for me. Um, I completely agree with you, I think. Um, I've, got, I've got to ask you, on the subject of Room Full of Heroes, I actually wrote this down to ask you guys, does it surprise you two that Frage would actually be interested in throwing a Halloween party? And look at the guests, because the two people who phone up to say, we can't make it, I think are Gil and Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> he has no other friends to invite to his own Halloween party. I'm 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 trying to remember how there's a number given to the number of cancellations he's had at that point in the night. Don't they say like you've had nine or ten cancellations already? Yeah. I was gonna say eight, but yeah. Hey, yeah. So it's around that figure. Are we assuming it's pure KACL staff that have been invited at this point? It, it's just amazing that Gil obviously I think does Gil eat something bad and Kenny's got a reason not to be there as well and, yeah. and everyone else just sort of happens to be his family and Roz well the title <laughs> card talks about the flu going around or something like that so yeah. I mean either everyone in Seattle is just getting sick around the same time or maybe it is at KACL because you know everyone picked it up in the same um, environment mm. right maybe it's just going around work it's just obviously both of them, both Kenny and, and Gil, feigning presumably their illness after finding out that Frasier's is going to be playing that particular game. I mean, what do you make of this game that he wants to, to patent boilerplate, boilerplate? Um, what's well, it? Hero, hero, hero worship. worship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't exactly, it doesn't exactly <laughs> blaze any new trails for me. And it is just kind of like, I don't know if you have like, 
a slight inclination towards the dramatic, which Fraser and Niles definitely do, you know, being children, uh, lovers of the arts. You know, he quite likes getting into character. If I was in a position in a party where I was having to get into the character of someone I dressed up as, this is like my worst nightmare. I mean, how would you two fare here? What, what's your take? I certainly on this wouldn't have answered that first question he fires out. <laughs> <laughs> what the human genome project? I actually wanted in to know your own character. <laughs> John, I'm but sure I, you've got loads of thoughts about the human genome project. I actually do, but, I mean, but, but Sigmund Freud wouldn't have been alive at that point. No, that's a very good point. Yeah, I thought this is a very recent thing. Like, And presumably Wonder Woman is also like mid-century. I don't know. I'm not sure when her inception is. Yeah, um, Wonder Woman's kind of timeless. Okay. I mean, so, they, they keep rebooting. I, I guess the Wonder Woman that, that Roz is dressed up as, she is what 70s okay yeah. so when, when are we dating the human genome project do we know it's late 90s early 2000s i mean okay. when, when did they clone that sheep dolly 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 the sheep <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> that was like you must have been on so many podcasts dolly the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean this is a this is an unfraser related question but it, it's obviously linked to halloween trick-or-treating happens in in quite a few of these episodes has trick-or-treating been a part of the two of your childhoods as you grew up? Were you someone who went out trick-or-treating? Do you regularly battle it every year? People coming to your your doorstep? What's your, yeah, your take on trick-or-treating? Yeah, John, I mean, it's probably a lot bigger for you than me and Steve, so tell us about your experiences. I, I mean, when I was little, there were a lot of kids that were like trick-or-treating age in my neighborhood. Right. So there were just just bands of kids going around knocking on doors it used to have to have like we had this really large bowl um uh that we would put candy in you'd have to get like multiple bags of candy and you know the um fill it up and then sometimes we would even have to have like uh extra candy on hand in case we were completely wiped out of candy Um, yeah i mean it was it was big a lot fewer kids in that neighborhood uh in more recent years just because the age demographic of that neighborhood changed but i mean definitely trick-or-treating is a big thing around here the the ball i mean is it like on the shows where it's kept inside the house and they come and knock on the door and sometimes the people just leave the ball on like the front stoop and people help themselves yeah but that's the, the, the trouble is is that you always get this one kid who comes by and just dumps the whole bowl into their bag and runs yeah off. That's just not good. That That kid is going to grow up to be a real pain in society's ass, I think. Um. (laughs) There was a street down, uh, one down from me growing up where they always did leave the bowl outside and they just sort of didn't care. They they just left it and that was it. They weren't going to be bothered. And if you got there early enough in the evening, you could get like one piece of candy. Yeah, yeah, but if like that one troublemaker kid came by, it was gone. There wasn't any more candy and they weren't going to replace it. Yeah. The only option after that hotel soaps and soy sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Actually on that same street, there was a, there was a family that used to give out little miniature pies. Like what kind of pies? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not joking. This is the only time I've ever actually seen this is they, they would buy these like a whole stack. I'm, I'm, I mean like 20 or 30 of these little, I don't know what they were called table time pies or something i don't i don't even know what flavor they were because i never got one you never partook no No, i just always thought that was really strange they're not very portable too i mean if you throw it in a a bag of candy the pie is going to break all apart you'd have to like 
take the pie separately and then walk it back to your house and set it down. <laughs> and then it just, the logistics of carrying around a pie are just not very good. <laughs> but yeah, but there was definitely this, this family, every single year it would have, they would have pies. It'd be a whole stack of pies and uh, you would just take one off the top of the stack. Wow. Steve, trick-or-treating and your childhood, tell us about it. any pie-related anecdotes. Well, well, firstly, I want to say I want to go to the pie house because that sounds yeah, like the best I bloody love that treat. over a chocolate I mean, bar, a pie. I'll take that every day. I think I'll be taking a nice warm drink and just oh, buy drink. Nice done. steak and ale pie in my tote bag. The first house I'd go to, I'd go home afterwards. <laughs> we know we like, uh, was it steak and kidney pie over here? Daphne oh, yeah. Enough and uh, everything else. Sheep's head stew might be on offer. Um <laughs> No, trick-or-treating for me as a child, I don't think I ever went. Um, mm. I don't think... I, mean, I don't I'm think fair. I have, just to chime in. I don't think I, I've I ever think, been. Yeah, I think I'm at the wrong age. Maybe it's more popular now um, than when I was a child in the mm. 80s. And oh, early wow, 90s. That's, this. that's so surprising to me. It, it's the exact opposite here. Just everyone does it. I mean, like, kids go to school in costumes before Halloween, like, or on Halloween... It, Except if like, let's say Halloween falls on a Saturday or something, then they'll have like a designated costume day. You know, everybody shows up. They'll do like trick-or-treating in the classrooms where everyone shows up with a, some candy and they have to go around to the different desks. We're talking elementary school, of course, mm. you know. But I mean, I mean, some, some kids do try to trick-or-treat as they get like older. Um, but generally speaking, there's sort of a cutoff age where it's people like- People just accept that. <laughs> yeah, it's just sort yeah. of an unspoken rule. I've actually- I've seen circumstances where uh, an older kid, I don't know, like 16 or something, um, comes up to the house that like they're expecting to get candy. And then, uh, you know, like my brother, whoever's handling the candy that that night will just be like, hey, get out of here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's for the kids. It's not for you. I love that it's kind of policed just internally by, you know, the people handing out the candy. Um, I mean, I've got a pretty solid excuse for having never been trick-or-treating myself. I mean, the two of you know my connection to Halloween, trying to say it for listeners. Well, do you know what? I was actually going to ask this trivia question to John. This is, this is my brilliant Frasier Here we go. Halloween question for John. Uh, lay it on him. And that is, which Frasier podcast host <laughs> has his birthday on Halloween? Well, you've got one or two choices, John. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you're gonna go with K. <laughs> I think I think the 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 key to a correct answer would be Will. Mm, we're absolutely spot on. Um, but I mean, it made it made childhood parties great for me because we always had a theme. Um, and it was just always we could fall back on it, and we could buy the paper plates if the little spiders and the cobwebs on. And um, my mom would really kind of like do a great job of decorating the house and stuff. Um, like it, it's kind of like Frasier, what, what Martin does to to nineteen oh one at Christmas. That was what my mom did to our house at Halloween. There's cobwebs everywhere and stuff, and it was really great. Did you ever um, get the opportunity to walk in and say, "That's so goth"? <laughs> so goth, or kind of make a little comment about the the smoke wafting from the cobbler's chimney, but equivalent to Halloween decorations, or, or at least bring your little ghoul friend home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, John, have you seen these these giant skeletons people are buying from? Is it from Home Depot or Target or? I don't know where. I, I saw and... one. I saw one like a couple. As in, of like ago. in situ, like as a decoration. Yeah, out in front of someone's house, the thing was 
They're oh, huge. Have you seen yeah, these, like Steve? No, I haven't. No, tall no, no. or something. They're huge. Yeah, like literally 15 feet tall skeletons you can buy just from a from a regular supermarket in, in the US. Um, really popular, but they're, they're absolutely massive, terrifying. Like over here, we get like cardboard skeletons that you hang in the window. Well, like You say that there is a guy that I work with who's uh, currently setting up his back garden ready for Halloween because he wants to raise money for a local hospice where his mother unfortunately passed away earlier in the year. Mm. And he thought he'd do a Halloween sort of charity walk through his garden and he's bought a seven foot fire breathing dragon. Oh my God. I don't know how related to Halloween. it above the garden or how it sits in the middle of the garden and just twists around and blows smoke and a small flame out of its mouth. Oh my God. It looks incredible, but I'm not sure what he's going to put around it, but he's been ordering so much stuff for this garden walkthrough. And I think you have to pay a few pounds to to go in and it all goes to the charity and stuff. So it's a great cause. It sounds like some, uh, some interesting antics will happen at his house that night. <laughs> I hope he raises some money. Um, that sounds really. He he's, he's been out flyering the neighbourhood, so I think he's. Uh, I think he's well up for raising <clears> some <throat> money for a good cause and, like I say, entertaining some people. So, so how many people decorate for Halloween? There is it pretty common. Oh, I, where I live, not common at all. Um, I would say one in every maybe two hundredth house. I might see a few what? decorations or something, but I mean, you oh. could probably drive from my house to my local town which is three miles away and pass not a single house of decorations um like wow. nothing the village where i am obviously it's a farming community so there's a lot of pumpkins around and a lot of people will carve pumpkins even adults will have a, a carved pumpkin outside mm. but the general rule is if you've got a pumpkin outside expect a lot of kids to be knocking and we've got schools yeah. in the village so therefore if you don't want them knocking on the door like we don't obviously unfortunately with the dogs it just it sends them nuts every single time someone knocks so we generally take the pumpkins in for the evening (laughs) and put them back out again in november that's for a quiet life not because i'm against halloween it sounds really miserable but the dogs would literally be wanting to knock on the door it's just not good i can't even imagine but yeah i mean in the village itself it's a pretty big deal like i say there's a primary school so there's a lot of kids in here and and yeah i mean as a community it's brilliant that they all want to go around and unfortunately due to the pandemic last year obviously that stopped no one wanted people knocking on doors etc so it's a general decorate your house up and and have a quiet night in Mm. yeah there'll, there'll be a lot of pumpkins candles lit and everything in windows and out on the side and sort of sort of harvest festival almost sort of scenes outside some people's houses so yeah quite nice around here Lots of decorations here. And mm. what I've recently discovered is uh, that my dog, so I, I have two dogs. Uh, a lot of people who are in uh, the Fraser fan club will already know this, but I have two dogs. I have Petey and I have Jesse. And uh, I love them both. Jesse, uh, she's just kind of a, uh, she's a very good watchdog. So she's just always aware of her surroundings. And if there's somebody that she doesn't trust, she's got to growl and like bark at, at the person she doesn't trust. And if I take them around in the, in the car um, this time of year, she just goes from growling at one house to growling at the next house. Because <laughs> there'll be like some ghost or skeleton or like zombie <laughs> outside the house. And you know, <laughs> there was this one spot where I, I stopped at this uh, intersection and this actually was a business. It was all decorated for Halloween. And it had like this mummy coming out of the ground and like this zombie on the other side, and this like Frankenstein monster. And uh, and she was just like, did not trust this house, like just growling at it. And it's, it's funny, you know, you don't really think about uh, the effects of Halloween decorations on animals, but hmm. uh, 
you know, they, they're aware of it and uh, don't like it necessarily. Yeah. I mean, speaking of decorations, I can't remember which episode it was. It might've been room full of heroes. I think there was a, a carved pumpkin on the piano in the background. Yeah. Um, I mean, one, who are we to presume carved the pumpkin? Um, and two, do the two of you partake in that particular Halloween tradition? Firstly, who in the world of Fraser has carved that pumpkin for his apartment? It's, be, what do you think? it's Daphne and uh, Martin, isn't it? You reckon? I mean, it, it. it even feels like a slightly too finicky job for Martin to me. I feel like Daphne's definitely been sitting at the dining room table holding. Like Martin in the would have wanted out. it, and he's got to have made Daphne do it. Yeah, that that, that <laughs> sounds Daphne, good. To we me. need pumpkins. You're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that that he probably bought it carved from some kind of designer carving place. You know, like yeah. with, the, with the Christmas tree in in Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz. He he comes into the tree and then they just get shoved into the bathroom. That he's having a Christmas tree delivered, like on Christmas Eve, all decorated. That, yeah, that's how what the... is that? What is that? <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's how I picture that the pumpkin is that it it just came carved because mm. also it's a very intricate design too. It's what like a spider or something. Yeah, I, I I didn't pay enough attention, but in the per- periphery, I kind of noticed that it was pretty pretty intricate. So it seems like maybe beyond Daphne's capabilities, if she was indeed the carver, I think you're probably onto something with. I'm getting straight on Google in a minute pre-carved pumpkins <laughs> and if there isn't a business doing it i know what my new business venture there you go you've got a farm nearby steve where there's, there's a surplus of pumpkins um do the, do the two of you carve pumpkins at all yeah i do occasionally you know mm. we, we uh it's actually my other half that likes doing it but yeah she's always like we must go and get these seasonal gourds every year she seasonal says, gourds. Gourds. let's go and get the seasonal gourds seasonal gourds and uh yeah she'll, she'll always carve a pumpkin for a bit mm. of fun like i say window decoration or uh front door sort of decoration on the floor so yeah it's good fun no what about you john i've done it for years and years just haven't in the last few years but um yeah definitely a a time-honored Halloween tradition, carving pumpkins. You're a big fan. You're a big fan. Um, I mean, as I said, kind of before we went on air, I think even when we started recording, my, my production notes have been pretty slim for this. So I just wanted us to riff, but I've got a few kind of little very specific questions about the episodes we've seen. Frasier claims Alton John isn't heroic, but <laughs> Freud is. And I just, I don't really know where's he drawing the line here. I mean, they're, they're both for better or worse, pop culture figures. Freud's mostly been debunked and is largely ridiculed in the scientific community now. He's mostly celebrated in kind of literature circles. Um, but I just, I don't agree with his logic here. And I think if you can say Freud is heroic, Alton John is fair game. Where, As far as I'm concerned, where do you fall on the debate? The way I see Elton John hmm. is, uh, I think they said it on the news recently, is he 73 or 74 this year? Possibly. I'm pretty yeah. sure they said he's the first person to either have a number one or a, num- a top 10 hit in the UK in six decades. So, wow. Kind of consecutively. I presume that that means that his first one was at, I don't know, a nine year. And this one obviously being 2021, hmm. just sticks him into the sixth decade because he's he can't be old enough if not. Yeah, I mean, that's heroic as far as I'm concerned. I would say that's heroic. That's I heroic. Mean, <laughs> and it's going to take a while to beat that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. have a 60-year music career that's going to be able to do that. <laughs> There's not many other than Tom Jones. So I'd say, yeah, hero for that one. <laughs> there we go. John, would you like to throw your uh, your lot? Well, he's also heroic um, for the, I would say, for the gay community. Would yeah. you say? I mean, yeah. that's that's something they didn't touch on in the episode. But, I mean, he's just been himself and he's been extremely successful yeah and i mean he he doesn't um 
you know, try to be something that he isn't mm. or whatever. He's just is himself and lets everybody, you know, say or do what they would like or whatever with it. But, you know, that's a very uh, healthy um, attitude to have. And I think that he's a trailblazer in that way. So I'd say, yes, he, he actually, I'd, I'd say he's more of a hero than Freud. If you look mm. at it from that perspective. I think spot on, you know, he's been very unapologetic about who he is. Um, and as you say, has just enjoyed enormous success because of that. So I think you're spot on there. Um, I mean, if you were going to go to one of Frazier's parties here, who would you, who would you go as the two of you? Who, who is your, who are your heroes? Um, if that's too hard of a question or maybe too personal, what's your best ever costume that you've, that you've arrived at a party wearing? John, you better go. I've got to think about this for a while. <laughs> You I know, don't have an answer prepared. You're thinking so the same great. thing. I'm being very unfair. <laughs> it's funny because I, about, I don't know, maybe three hours ago, I, I thought, hmm, I wonder if he's going to ask, who would be your hero if you were going <laughs> to go to a hero worship uh, themed party or something? And I sort of sat down and I said, I, you know, I'm just not really sure um, who I would pick. I, I might pick my father. Um, mm. I know that that's what Niles did. So you can't exactly do the same thing as Niles did, but um I, I really don't have a good answer to that. Um, but I did dress up as a Ninja Turtle uh, for a Halloween party. In Which college. one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. I think, actually, let's see. It was Michelangelo. Michelangelo, the classic. Yeah. The classic. I and, love uh, that. that. That worked out pretty well. And uh, I was walking distance to the party, um, but I don't know, it was maybe like, two miles away or something like that and mm. boston i went to school in in boston it's just a very walking friendly city so uh you know you don't really drive anywhere you just just walk from place to place and i was getting compliments like just walking down the street people would be like michelangelo yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta feel like, good I guess that made you come out of your shell then, John. (laughs) Get off the Zoom right now, Steve. Um, You've had some time to mull in the background there, Steve, sipping your beer. Have you you an answer for us? To be honest, I mean, with that one, and I don't want to throw this across to another episode, I don't really have an answer for as a hero. I mean, again, Mm. like John and and like Niles, you think, you know, your father. I mean, my my granddad was a massive inspiration to me. Unfortunately, I lost him when I was quite young. Mm. Um, But dressing up as a, a, a member of your family... It's great to say they're your hero, but I don't think I could do it at a party. It's not. It's just, again, going back to how Niles does it, it's just awkward, isn't it? And Martin's touched by it at the start and then absolutely hates it by the end. Yeah. But the one thing I did think about, actually, was if I went to Niles' party on Halloween, who would I dress as? Which literary character? Which literary character? God, I mean... And I could only come up with, and this has been asked on Fraser Fan Club before, and I thought, capturing the rye, I'd go as Holden Caulfield. You wear the, the deer stalker and exactly, yeah, you know, wind, exactly. windbreaker, and, uh, and yeah, there you go. And you can, yeah, it's no quite... one would know who I was. I'd have to spend <laughs> the whole night saying it. <laughs> what about you, John? Maybe a literary figure that you've thought about? I mean, I, I'm sitting here trying to rack my brains. Um, it's it's really hard. I mean, my, one of my favorite books of all time, um, kind of very much linked to Halloween, actually, and New England is It by Stephen King, and I'm thinking. I could maybe throw on some a yellow raincoat and a slicker and, and be Georgie um, from the beginning of it. I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy myself as Pennywise with the clown makeup on. Um, <laughs> but in terms of actual proper literary, maybe with a capital L, it's really hard. I mean, as someone who reads, you know, an SHIT load of books, it's uh, it's hard for me to actually put a put a finger on a character that I think maybe I could 
actually dress up as them. I mean, John. When this, when this question has been asked in the past, mm. um, I've never really been able to come up with an answer that I really liked. So I've just said Waldo, uh, like Bulldog did. Um, and you call yourself Well Red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a brilliant line. I absolutely just crack up every single time when he says as well, was it the guy who gets lost? Well, why don't you give me an, give me an idea of how that works? And he pushes yeah. me around of people. Why don't you show me? <laughs> um, I think some of the things I loved about Tales in the Crypt, actually, kind of just revisiting that, is that it was quite bulldog heavy. And I don't know, I mean, me and Key talk about this on the podcast a lot. Me and Key are pretty kind of self-avowed, you know, lovers of bulldog. We like it when he's involved. Um, a lot of people find him very grating and are pretty glad that he drops away a little bit in, in terms of of main casting where do you two lie would you have would you have liked to have seen if you were going to see more halloween episodes a bit more bulldog hijinks where do you fall on on the bulldog thing john do you want to take that one first i, I think that's probably bulldog's best episode mm. um, i think some of the later episodes that feature bulldog like uh fraser light and whatever they they sort of interject uh bulldog's character into some situation and i, I think he works really well in that um, I think that that the Tales from the Crypt works really well as just a bulldog heavy episode too, be just because it just fits his personality so well. But I don't I don't care for the some of the more bulldog heavy episodes earlier on, like in season four, um, as much as I I do in the where he's just sort of inserted into a spot situation like that. Yeah, I do think he work, He does work well, kind of cameo wise. I think um, and Tales from the Crypt is such a kind of goofy episode that you can kind of it works with him having a bit more screen time, I think. Um, but I, I completely agree with you in terms of Key and I are big fans of his. But yeah, often when he just has those great little cameos, I think. Like you don't have very many Gil heavy episodes, but when you do see Gil, it's in that sort of cameo like appearance, like you were talking about. And he's great. So many sound bites and just instantly quotable. And he's like in a scene for a minute or so. Um, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Halloween's a good example of that. Yeah, yeah, he's one of he's one of the things I remember most about Halloween, and his interaction with Martin in particular, probably my you know my my few favorite lines from that episode. Um, you know, cheesy, <laughs> just <laughs> unbelievable. Ah, yes. Le mot juice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have Impossible Dream to review next on on the podcast. I think Key and I will be will be sitting down tomorrow, and um, as this is going out on the same day we're recording, that literally is tomorrow. We will be recording it to to people listening. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because it's pro pretty much the only episode where Gil is really centric. To, it's the to biggest focus on Gil, definitely. 100%, yeah. yeah. Like, it's a strange episode to focus on him when I think, you know, with his food-based episodes and his criticism-based episodes, which is obviously his remit. This is like a real left-field thing. Um, I'm trying to remember what my original question was to John, which I was thinking to extend to you, Steve. I think it was about Bulldog, about Bulldog, yeah. About Bulldog episodes. I mean... I think I'll go with John on that. There are some, I think he's actually better in the later seasons mm. as, as a quick sort of drop in. When they tried to make him a main cast member, mm. it wasn't very structured. They didn't really know where they were going. They wanted him as a love interest with Roz. They wanted him as a love interest with the the golf player, the the, the golfer, the female golfer. And there was all, he was just sort of thrown in with those lines and they didn't go anywhere. They were literally only going to be for that episode. And and yeah, later on, he definitely works better as a cameo, as a, you know, sort of Dan Butler. I mean, he's a brilliant actor as well. Mm. And I just think they, 
they either should have brought him in earlier in the first season and had him as a really consistent member of the cast or literally just left him as Gil. Do you know what I mean? Just that person who comes in, floats in, goes out, never tried to get him to be more than that. Yeah. But like I say, hats off to Dan Butler because I think he's an outstanding actor in, in, in every scene that he's in. I mean, like you've reviewed the ones in the past where he puts the feather down the front of his boxer shorts and his physical acting as well as his lines are just hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, what a great actor, but... I, I think there's a there's a comforting aspect to the reliance on him kind of popping in at the end of Frasier's show, and we know we're going to get a quick cameo, a quick one-liner, or a quip. He'll bandy about with Ross. Honk on the horn. A honk on the horn. <laughs> you know, he'll shake his leg like a terrier and bark at someone passing in the hall. We kind of get those moments, um, and I think the consistency there is nice. And yeah, I think they did try to push him into into the limelight, maybe ways that weren't quite working for his character. Um, I mean, a big fan of Dan Butler. I mean, have either of you seen the X Files episode that? He is in. Um, John is shaking his head. Are you are you a fan of that episode? Can you remember it? I can't remember it. It's a long time since I've watched mm. the X Files. Person, yeah, I, I can't remember it specifically, but it, it keeps getting brought up in Frasier fan club. I know I've, I've oh, seen really. It. Yeah, I've seen every episode of the X Files uh, two or three times. So oh wow, I've, okay, I've definitely seen it, but um, I I just can't really recall exactly. I'm still kind of probably on season four or so. Um, my my X Files progression is is bad, but yeah, it's got like a Latin name. Um, without googling it, I won't be able to remember it. But it's it's like the school board where they're they're kind of Satanists, and he's the leader of the cult, and just some really creepy scenes with him in like the back in like the back room of the staffs so that are also cultists, and they're kind of having a séance. And yeah, Dan Butler does a really good job there. Um, this is a really stupid bit of trivia. This is kind of the last note I'd made on my, my little production notes here. I don't know if anyone had noticed this. Every, well, there's only three. All of the Halloween episodes are on the first disc of, of their respective season. Very, very early on in the seasons. Yeah, they're, they're both on the first disc. And so that would be in, in the first um, six episodes or so, which is just a, a stupid thing I mentioned. Uh, I, I noticed. But yeah, anything we haven't kind of talked about, Frasier Halloween thing that you wanted to bring up? Well, do you, go do you see... It. Do seasons of TV shows not begin in about September in yeah. the UK? Well, they they wouldn't for us. We we run slightly behind you, so mm. they aired around October the thirtieth. That makes a lot of sense. Then, yeah, we probably wouldn't that. have seen it until about Christmas time, if not <laughs> maybe into the next year. They never yeah. really call for us in that way. Do they? When you're watching them when they first air, but obviously Actually, for John, yeah. they would have aired in the October probably. So the six weeks in would have been right for him. Yeah, pretty much every show. I mean, sometimes you have summer shows that start like in June or something, but typically a season here will just start in September and run until, I don't know, May or something. Usually there's a bit of a hiatus in the winter for like Christmas movies and stuff. And then sometimes there'll be another hiatus in like February uh, for like the Winter Olympics or just some other stuff that goes on. But typically that's, that's the standard season. So that would put, you know, a Halloween episode in the first disc of the DVD set. Yeah. Hmm. For sure. Um, I mean, have you two got any plans for Halloween that's coming up in a couple of weeks? Will you, will you be with family? Will you be with friends? Will you be decorating your house? Um, any kind of impending Halloween plans? Obviously, it's my birthday, so I, I sit out from this particular question and just say, I'll be at home eating cake. I think I'm at home having a quiet one, maybe a couple of drinks and mm. not, not too much else. Raising a glass to you, obviously. Oh, not. well, I'll make sure I kind of get a picture in on Fraser Fan Club. Um, yeah. It's been I a think while. what I might I think what I might try to do is get like a large spoon and try to take off a, a wig off my brother's head. <laughs> <laughs> make make a bunch of children think I'm trying to eat his brain. <laughs> I do I think actually, 
sorry, Steve, you go. I was actually going to say one one question I actually had for you two was um, mm. I believe have you both you've both got a brother or brothers, haven't you? I do have an older brother. Yeah. So I was going to ask yeah. whenever you have a Halloween party, do either of you to actually ask your brother's colleagues to your party like Niles did Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> you do that, or is that not normal? Um, I mean, I, I I can take this first, John, if you don't mind, because my, I mean, my brother's seven years older than me, but you, you wouldn't kind of know that personality wise. We're both very kind of similar in terms of sense of humor and and etc when i used to have my halloween parties as a, as a kid in primary school him being the older kid um would like to just turn into the kind of manipulator of the party so he would dress as Ghostface from from scream um and he would basically just we'd undergo some kind of trials in like my bedroom there'd be like a quiz and stuff and if people couldn't get questions right he would like throw them in the wardrobe and leave them in there for like 20 minutes, half an hour. So um, is that where Keith really is? Because he didn't get the trivia questions right last week. <laughs> That's <laughs> where that it is. That was all explained. <laughs> um, and my, my brother would just love doing this. It's kind of turning into to Tormentor in, in residence. Um, and it made the parties really good fun, I think. But um, no, I'm not sure I'd invite any of his colleagues if we were kind of <laughs> doing this, this kind of very high class Halloween party. What about you, John? I, I would not. I mean, I have five brothers and I wouldn't invite any of their colleagues into a Halloween party. <laughs> not even if they were a food critique. <laughs> well, if they promised to dress up as uh, Chin Catch Cook, the last of the Mohicans, then oh, I'd another mystery I solved. <laughs> that's another mystery solved. <laughs> um, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you both. I don't want to kind of cut us off kind of in medias res if we have any thoughts. Has anyone got any kind of Halloween Frasier themed little things they wanted to bring up that we haven't got around to talking about yet about these episodes or in general, any kind of discussion points before we wrap to, things up? I wanted to say that um, I am pro-opera and I vote. Thank you, John. We'll remember <laughs> that one. I would love that bumper sticker to be fair. Either of you have bumper stickers on, on your respective. I think vehicles. John actually has that bumper sticker, don't you, John? Do you, John? Yeah. I, I have it, but I don't have it on my car. I don't put stickers on my car. Nice. Yeah. I I, I also would be wary about sticking stuff on my car. Um, but I would I would kind of love that one, I think. What about you, Steve? I think the only thing I can bring to this right now is that I'm not going to go anywhere. I have to tell people my name is Whimsy. <laughs> would you dress up as, as Lord Peter Whimsy if you were given like a really nice replica of the costume? Yes. And if I get to say pip pip every time I go in a house, I think that's. <laughs> well, I think that's, that comes with the character. From Niles' speech, that's definitely what he has to do. That's apparently all that Lord Peter Whimsy did. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you both about kind of Halloween, Frasier, all things in between. It's been a nice, light, special episode. Um, first time getting you both into a Zoom and, and chatting Frasier with. And I'm sure, I'm positive it won't be the last. We're going to try and make this a little thing um, whenever we need to, to put a, another episode out. Um, but yes, yeah, Steve, thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me on again, Will. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's nice to speak to John Face to face which I'll, I'll actually point out this is the first face-to-face -face meeting me and john have had in five years being co-admins of fraser fangler in five years john how do you feel on the phone we have sent each other voice messages text messages emails you name it this is the first face-to-face -face conversation <laughs> i've ever had with john beale <laughs> yeah this it's we we talk just all day long just constantly text messaging and so forth like that through the and, baseball season into the early hours for mm, me i must admit <laughs> yeah yeah it's about fraser it's about baseball yeah <laughs> about dogs 
Right, dogs. 24 7, five years going strong. Amazing. Well, you I've just. Together, Will. <laughs> well, we'll yeah. definitely be having you both back on soon. Um, depending on, on Key's availability, I, I foresee a Christmas edition of this kind of roundtable, which I would love to do. Um, admittedly, there's a little bit more meat for us to chew over in terms of Christmas episodes on Frasier. So I think we'll have a good time with that. Um, but yeah, John, thank you so much for joining us as well. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. An absolute pleasure. And thank you very much for listening to Weird listening hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs oh my and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah maybe but i got you pegs <laughs> but i don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs